0: Yes, parenting is important. We all want our children to be honest and respectful, successful. But the purpose of biblical parenting is so much more than just that. Hi and welcome to Licensed to Parent with Trace Embry, the founder and executive director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, transforming the lives of teens in times of crisis. I'm Rich Rosl, and over the last few programs, we've heard from Trace his story of how the Lord completely changed his life, moved him across the country, taught him things about parenting, and made him a radio talk show host. <laughs> Today, we'll wrap up his story and learn some foundational parenting principles here on License to Parent. And Trace, before we begin, I do want to tell our listeners that the first three programs in this four-part series are available on our website at LicenseToParent.org. But as we conclude this conversation, I think it would be safe to say that you haven't reached what you would imagine to be the final destination of your ministry yet. Uh, Starting Shepherds Hill Academy, even the License to Parent Broadcast, those weren't your goals and may not have even been on your radar, right? Yeah, no
1: doubt. I I never intended. uh, Someone would have told me I'd be on the radio doing a radio program. That that would be an absolute joke. You know, I, I didn't even... Uh, know for sure that I'd be working with kids, a residential program, a school for a guy who didn't even finish college. You know, I mean, right. here I'm, I'm running a school with people who are master-degreed under me in, in specific fields.
0: Yeah, but you own the field. That's the only difference. Well, yeah, go back to what you said <laughs> earlier. God owns the
1: field. I'm the steward over I'm, right. I'm here. I'm the joker that said, okay, send me. I'll go, you know. Yeah books and other resources or things you know they they did a movie here uh the, the documentary film captivated about what digital technology is doing to the the brain circuitry of young people and adults for that matter and and they did it here you know how was i to know that kind of stuff was going to take place had no idea uh so uh no i never intended for stuff like this but uh if this is where god has me this is where i'll go if he has me selling shoes tomorrow you know what size do you wear
0: <laughs> and the day after that may be another surprise, and yeah. it doesn't matter. You're still on the journey.
1: Yeah, you know, I've had people come to me many times in the past and say, Trace, what's your five year vision for this place, or your five year goal, rather? And I'd say, you know what? I almost feel embarrassed to say, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I. I obey God for the day. I don't have this big business plan. I've had guys in the radio industry who appreciate the content here and say, "What's your five-year plan?" Yeah. And I have it. I've had. To, I know that's discouraging for them, but but I I I can't tell you. But I'm excited about where it's going. And as as I keep obeying God's will along the way, I guarantee that vision will get clearer. Uh, and, and I also guarantee that as it gets clearer, I'll be more tempted to jump ahead of God, and I don't want to be in that position. Yeah.
0: Are you ever tempted to say, well, God has not made me privy to the five year plan? <laughs> because you know he's got a five year plan and we just we just don't know what it yeah, is. Well at this that's point. a good line. I'll have to remember that one. Uh, you're, feel free to plagiarize. That's, <laughs> that's fine. Well, let's talk about where you do see things right now, though, in license to parent, for example. This is a radio ministry that has grown out of Shepherd's Hill, and you're trying to I I think your words were to teach to the people outside the gates, mm-hmm. what you've learned while being inside the gates of share, And that's not to say there's a prison camp or something. Right, but, There's but, no gates know, here, actually. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, what, what's inside has been – this has been a great learning field, mm-hmm. a great learning environment. And your goal is to pass on some of the, the basic parenting principles that years ago we may have thought were common sense to make them common once again for believing parents and to say this is how – you can lead your children effectively through life to raise adults. We always have to remember, as parents, we're not raising kids; we're raising future adults, right. and and to make them become those disciples of Christ that that you know that we hope to be. We want them to be as well. So, um, talk about what you see going on right now, and and what you are hoping to bring to the radio listener.
1: I think, in a nutshell, I want the listener to know how important it is for them to adopt a biblical worldview about all aspects of life but parenting in particular we're going to hone in on this program parenting there are other programs out there focused on the family family life today and these are great programs they they're needed uh, but we're honing in just on the parenting aspect of things because the next generation is going to perpetuate or at least we want them to perpetuate a biblical worldview to their kids and uh I think if the world sees that we don't get divorced like the rest of the world, that our kids obey us better than their kids do, again, more is caught than taught. The same thing we say about the goings on at Shepherd's Hill. If people can see that we're doing life, experiencing the kingdom of God, the righteousness, the peace, the joy and the Holy Ghost, then they're going to want what we want. And I think it starts by planting those seeds in our kids and um uh, there's there should be uh, no reason that our testimony is blown because of how we relate to our kids and how our kids relate to us.
0: But now to, to raise an objection here, if we look at the church as a whole right now, the divorce rate is as high or higher than it is in mainstream America. Our kids are getting into the same trouble that other kids are. They are. If I'm hearing you right, you're saying that there's a way to prevent that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, but we have been so seduced by the entertainment industry, by Madison Avenue, Hollywood, MTV, and whatnot, to where we've allowed bail in the camp as opposed to being an influence to the culture. The culture has influenced the church. And we got to turn that around. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be, Rich, when you and I were growing up, we lived in Jerusalem, metaphorically speaking. But today we live in Babylon, and we have got to be producing some Daniels and some Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednegoes to go out there and change it and to show the Nebuchadnezzars of the world that, hey, you know what? These guys can be trusted. You know, these guys are what we want to emulate. We want to be these guys. Uh, our founding fathers, they started this nation with biblical principles, and for the first 200 years of our nation's existence, we did pretty well. It wasn't until we strayed from God and his principles that we're now starting to spiral down the tubes uh, really quickly.
0: Mm. And by the way, the Babylonian example you gave, what what struck me is even in that example, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and Daniel, of course, those were Israelites, they were the believers, right. if you will, that were placed in the world, Babylon, mm-hmm. yep. but uh, yet lived the life according to God's call in their lives. And so if we as as individuals, as husbands and wives, but specifically as parents, live our lives that way, saying, you know, okay, I, I understand that, that little Johnny and little Susie, or whatever their names may be, mm-hmm. that their parents allow them to do thus and such, you know— here's what we're allowing and here's why we're allowing it. And I'm sorry we don't stray from that. Yeah. We have to be bold enough to be different. You know, uh, when we lived in Jerusalem, metaphorically speaking,
1: let's say the early 1960s or the fifties, we didn't live our lives as Christians much different than the rest of the nation did. I mean, father knows best, make room for Danny, leave it to beaver. Those were programs that were emblematic of at least the model. We knew no one really lived like that, but we were a lot closer than today. Whereas today, Uh, We have to live quite a bit different than the Simpsons and Mm -hmm. the family guy and the married with children and the uh, desperate housewives and, you know, the the things that we're trying to make normal. Not to mention our government officials, our teachers, and and even those in the church are emulating the folks that uh, populated Sodom and Gomorrah. So we're going to look a lot different when the yeah. Bible says we're a peculiar people. We didn't quite know what that all meant in the 1960s. Today we are going to look peculiar, and we haven't looked peculiar
0: enough. We we need to perform before an audience of one. I keep going back to that. And that's true. Our our God. Uh, back in the 1950s and 60s, we had society backing us up too. It right. would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel living in Jerusalem. Exactly. All of Jerusalem had the same mindset, and I, you and I talked a while back about. If I acted up at home, if I did something I wasn't supposed to, mm-hmm. I would be punished. Right. But if I acted up down the street and my neighbor saw me, yeah. I would be punished, or or at least dragged by the ear yeah. <laughs> by yep. my neighbor, you know, yep. back to my parents to say you you know your son is messed up here. He's done such and such. Exactly. It was it was a team effort, yep. if you will. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to get back to the comment from the Clinton administration. If it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. but to a degree it does. It mm-hmm. it, it it took society standing together under a very similar moral code and ideal to be able to make this happen. But we don't have that groundwork around us anymore. We really are out of place, and yet God holds us to the same standard.
1: And Hillary was on the right track when she said it takes a village. But it takes a village idiot to really believe what she defined as a village. She was right about the village but wrong about how to define the village. It's not government programs and this and that and the other. It's God's people doing God's thing God's way.
0: And if the whole village is living in a way that is, that is is anti-God's law, right. anti-God's way, then that's the wrong village.
1: Exactly. That's not the village you want raising your kids. Exactly. It's, it's the village
0: people. <laughs> yes, it depends on what kind of people are in your village, right? Well, maybe you're beginning to catch the vision of Licensed to Parent and Shepherd's Hill Academy. Parenting, biblical parenting, it's not just about raising obedient children, but actually affecting the culture for the gospel. And we'll be right back with more after this.
2: In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. HelpmyTroubledTeen.org
0: Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherds Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. I'm Rich Rozell, And for the past few weeks, Trace Embry has been sharing his story about how a Lord changed his life and, and brought him to the place of running a Christ-centered boarding school for teens in crisis. Endorsed, by the way, by folks like Dr. Ravi Zacharias and David Barton and making him a host of a national radio program. And Trace, your testimony and your experience working with kids and families from all over the world should give any prudent individual a reason, at the very least, to explore the Bible, the biblical narrative, if you will, when it comes to raising kids. But many parents don't see it that way. Why do you think there is such resistance to accepting the Bible as the best place for parenting counsel? Why is it often the last place parents turn?
1: Well, I think, number one, they don't see Scripture as a parenting book, Uh, They see it as a book of theology, a place to learn about the gospel and Bible stories, so to speak. Uh, I think they think it's too overwhelming, perhaps not relevant to today's issues. Uh, Some just flat don't believe it. They just don't believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God. I think a lot of them think they have to dig through a pile of Bible stories and theological ideas in order to find those nuggets of parenting. I think if they dug into it, they find that that's really not
0: the case. Today, there is an attitude of, I'm not going to work for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if if I'm going to take it in, I have to be spoon-fed. Mm-hmm. And I I know you see that in a lot of cases with the teens who who come to Shepherds Hill Academy. Right, And that's something we're going to talk about in just a moment is some of the issues that we deal with as parents and that you deal with specifically here but i guess parents are expressing some of that too i i just can't dig through the scriptures mm-hmm. to get that
1: and when you in when you have both parents working 8 to 5 or 8 to 8 in, in a lot of cases and not eating together and there's really no time in in their Uh, No margin in their lives to explore these things, but just to give a parent a heads up, go straight to Proverbs. You can read one proverb a day every month and read the whole book of Proverbs 12 times a year. That really, I think a lot of people would agree that that's probably all the parenting you need right there is just one chapter of Proverbs a day. You can read that or get it on Bible tape for crying out loud and, and listen to it in your car. Hebrews 12 was another good place. If you don't want to go any deeper than just those two locations, just camp out in Hebrews 12, camp out in the book of Proverbs, and uh, you heed the counsel given in those two places, you'll be in good shape.
0: Well, speaking of being in good shape, now, first of all, neither one of us would say that's all you should look at. Of course not, no. There's, obviously, you got a whole lot more in the Bible than just one chapter in one entire book. Those are foundational. Those undergird most everything that is taught here. I want us to spend the last part of this conversation talking about some of the overarching parenting principles that we have learned, that you specifically have learned uh, running Shepherds Hill Academy. But the things that undermine what we as parents try to do and the things that we address on the License to Parent program to help them overcome and excel in uh, in getting their kids beyond some of these challenges. Can we do that? Sure. Well, the first one uh, I know is something that I actually had to look up when we first talked about it because I wasn't sure what you meant, but it's understanding postmodernism mm. as it applies to today's kids.
1: And I would guarantee you that a lot of people listening are wondering, how in the world does that relate to my kids, I can tell you that every parent that brings a child to Shepherd Hill Academy, when they go through our parenting workshops and our parenting weekends, they ask the same thing. They don't connect the dots there. But if you don't understand postmodernism, you're you're putting one hand behind your back in your parenting journey.
0: Well, let let's give it a definition. I I said earlier that uh, uh postmodernism is basically. A person creating his own reality and saying, well, this is what's real for me in my life. Mm-hmm. And the net result of that is uh, not only have you created your own reality, you also have created your own morality. So there is no moral absolute. Would that be a fair assessment of what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it would be. I mean, you
1: know, your truth is as good as my truth. My truth is as good as your truth. If it feels good, do it. Do your own thing. Uh, what's right for you is right. may not be right for me. It's It's, it's moral
0: relativism, if you will. And, uh, and and how dare you push your morality down my throat? <laughs> that's just
1: your opinion, yeah. you know. And how many parents have been uh, spoon fed that from their children when they catch them in some kind of moral dilemma, Junior? You shouldn't have done this because, well, that's just your opinion. That's classic postmodern thought, right there. And postmodern thought comes through uh, TV, public school system. I would I would say that the classic postmodern line. Came from President Bill Clinton when he got caught with Monica Lewinsky. And he says that depends on what the meaning of is is. Now, you can't get more primitive than that, but it's your basic deconstruction of the language. And if we as parents are defining godly terms with the devil's dictionary, or, or our kids rather are defining godly terms with the devil's dictionary, then peace uh, and freedom and love and all these terms mean something different to your son or daughter than they mean to you. And so you're communicating back and forth with your child on two totally different levels. So there's no real communication going on. When you talk about freedom, he thinks it's the freedom to do what he wants as opposed to the freedom to do what he ought to do. But Mm. ought implies the absolute
0: that postmodernism says doesn't exist. You mentioned this just a moment ago, and that is other things that have an effect on our understanding of postmodernism. And... Media, entertainment, Mm -hmm. that's a big thing, too.
1: Yeah, and I think this is an area that has been grossly, and I mean grossly, underestimated. You know, when our kids are exposed to 24-7 music, entertainment through TV, in front of screens and whatnot, they are being indoctrinated literally around the clock, and uh, that is the other parent. And if the other parent is spending more time or having more influence than you are Which worldview is that child going to adopt? And as we say in in the close of a lot of our programs is if you don't train your children, somebody else will. And the truth is somebody else
0: already has. Right. And uh, our access to entertainment is so much greater now than it used to be. Uh, You know, so many people have smartphones and our kids, too. I don't have a smartphone. Uh, so'm I'm, I'm often in awe of the little five-year-old who has uh, something <laughs> yeah. like that but and but thinks this digit- is his
1: right of passage by the way he thinks it's his right. His,
0: his, his right of passage and digital devices um come at a great price, especially if there aren't certain boundaries set up around them. But talk about the influence there. You mentioned a movie that was shot here uh, several years back that deals with the dilemma of electronic access. It's
1: actually changing the way the brain is being wired up, where these kids really can't think critically, constructively, or creatively anymore. Uh, All you got to do is go to a McDonald's and try to get your change back or your order right to see that something has drastically changed. I mean, think about this. Kids aren't taking, or they are taking, rather, calculators to math class, you know. So there's parts of the brain that don't have to fire anymore. And the brain was never designed to deal with this multitasking to the degree it's dealing with it today. It's like kind of driving your car in passing gear from here to California. How long is it going to last before it finally gives out? That's what's happening to our kids.
0: And I know that if you go into, for example, any any restaurant today and you look around, you'll find that at least one member of every table is probably sitting at the table texting. Right. You're sitting here in a social environment with real people across the table from mm-hmm. you, and yet you've got the texting going on. And by the way, I'm not saying that the technology itself is a problem it's the abuse of the, the technology, technology right. the misuse of it. That's right. Because there's no structure, no strings attached as to when it's appropriate to use it and when it's not.
1: It is all too new to apply any what what I would call tech etiquette to the equation. You know, this stuff is too new. Uh, just like automobiles were, were new, you know, a hundred and some years ago. How many people had to be killed in automobile accidents before we realized, well, you know, we need some safety precautions involved in this thing. It's the same thing with, with uh, digital technology. It's just that the technology is moving so much faster, we haven't caught up with it yet.
0: But don't you dare set up a rule, because what's right for you isn't right <laughs> <Exactly>. for me. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned this also for the five-year-old with a smartphone, that it is considered a rite of passage quite often mm-hmm. to get the, the Xbox, to get the iTouch, to get the smartphone or whatever. There is, I believe the word you used is affluenza. yeah. D- define what you mean by that,
1: well, affluence is where I got the word affluenza. It becomes an illness i mean when you when you look at some of the tragedies uh, that have taken place around the nation, uh these school shootings and mall shootings and things like that, these didn't happen in the inner city. These happened in areas where people had stuff, and uh as Robbie Zacharias has said, we become weary of pleasure before we become weary of pain because when you just accomplished what you thought would bring the ultimate with pleasure. And it's let you down. Where do you go from there? You go crazy. You start doing stuff like shooting up schools. You feel entitled to have the best of everything just for showing up. In reality, it might work in your postmodern world. It might work in your video game world where where the guy you kill comes back to life. But in reality, game over when this stuff happens. Yeah,
0: you can't turn off damage. That's exactly right. That's, like that's it. one thing I remember when my kids were playing some of the driving video games. And they would turn off damage. And I would just warn them, I said, listen, in real life, that yeah. doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. But we live in a virtual world. And this postmodern worldview that this virtual world uh, you know, found itself in, they're just a synergistic effect there. And uh, as we get kids coming to Shepherd's Hill here in the last few years even, it's just amazing. They have no place to plant their feet as to what right and wrong is. It's almost like they're devoid of a conscience. It's a scary place to be.
0: And if you were to pull away the crutches, the electronic crutches that they've grown so used to, they wouldn't even know how to plant their feet because they wouldn't know how to stand.
1: It's incredible. I mean, we've had kids that didn't know how to tell time, tie their shoes, uh, and they can rebuild a computer, but they don't know how to do the uh, the simple things of life.
0: As parents, we are called to set the boundaries, to create boundaries, but- That takes the building first of a respect for authority. Mm -hmm. Because our kids, even though they may need the boundaries, uh, if we set them, uh, again, it gets back to the, well, why should I follow your boundaries? So how big an issue is respect for authority? Is that something that we can restore in the household? We have to
1: restore that in the household. I'm just absolutely dazzled to go in churches and watch a two-year-old climb over the pews and and play with games and food even – and, and the parents are looking around like, isn't he cute? And I'm thinking to myself, no, he's not cute at all. Uh, I remember when kids would sit still at two years old, in a, and they can do it, folks. They can do it. The problem is we're not requiring it of them. And when, when, when a kid is allowed from two years old or one-year-old to kind of roam and do what they want to do, when they want to do it, where they want to do it, then when they're 12 and 13, then they're 200 pounds and, you know. Twelve years too late to make them do the right thing. So they need to learn this self-restraint at a young age, so that the and and respect for authority at a young age when things are still manageable. Because when they get older, they, yeah. they bar the door.
0: But what that leads us to is saying, well, then, as a parent, how am I to view life and view parenting in a way that does establish a moral absolute for my kids?
1: Well, I think that's when you have to, you know, draw that line in the sand and say, listen. Uh, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will filter all of our truth and reality through a biblical worldview. And without parents to establish those boundaries, then that takes every ounce of security away from those children. And they're going to find security. It's going to look like a gang. It's going to look like, you know, a a million different ways that you don't want it to look like. uh, If you don't establish those boundaries and jumpstart Junior when he's still manageable into some self-restraint, with that biblical worldview as if they're the Daniels of the world. So when they leave the home, they understand that if they have a biblical worldview, they will know that the whole world is going to think things differently than they do and, and differently as their family has trained them. But that Scripture is the thing that hasn't changed. It's the, it's the society that's mm-hmm. changed, basically.
0: As as we've been mentioning, at least in the last part of uh, License to Parent today, what we're covering right now, the, these are some of the core issues, some of the central beliefs, if you will, that uh, are common in everything that's taught at Shepherds Hill Academy and everything that we try to express here on the Licensed to Parent program. And I noticed in all of this, we've talked about some of the problems and and, uh, the lack of boundaries, et cetera. But I think probably the last one we need to touch on, uh, at least for today, is the lack of discipline. No doubt. No doubt. And that lack
1: of discipline is perpetuated in the public school system where political correctness is taken over and, and, and tells the teachers, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. Litigation is involved in that, which reinforces the political correctness, which takes us away from the discipline, you know, kids have the freedom to do this and that and the other. And we fail to realize that we've given these kids a license with this freedom to do what their brains are not equipped to do. You and I, Rich, are adults. Our, our The funnel lobe in our brains where the action and consequence part is, is fully developed. We understand action. We understand consequence. A 15-year-old kid is still 10 years removed from having that developed. And so Uh, Yeah, you know, maybe 100 years ago, that frontal lobe was more developed because we did expect more for our kids then. But today, from science, we know that it's not until probably the age of 25 that most kids have that development. So they do need parents to impose discipline upon them and, and hopefully cultivate an attitude as they're growing up for them to exercise self-discipline, all under the umbrella of that biblical worldview.
0: And as the Bible teaches us, God disciplines those whom he loves. Absolutely. Discipline is an act of love. It's not an act of retribution. It's not done out of anger. Discipline is part of the sculpting to make this young man, this young woman, into the mature man or woman that God wants him to be and that you want him to be as well. Well, we have spent several programs now. In in what I would call the Genesis conversation, the story of Trace Embry, our host and the founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and the story behind the founding of Shepherd's Hill and the license to Parent radio outreach. If you have not heard the first programs in this series, you'll find those in the archive section of our website at licensedtoparent.org. Licensedtoparent.org. We encourage you not only to listen but also to share these conversations with other parents you know raising a new generation of leaders is a team effort and building that team is not going to happen if you're the only one listening so without your help to spread the word about this program uh, it's gonna take a while and finally let me remind you that license to parent is made possible through generous financial gifts from people just like you if you feel that you benefit from this program I really hope that you'll prayerfully consider making a donation to help us stay on the air and to help our outreach grow just visit our website at licensedparent.org and click on the Donate button if you'd like to find out more. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosell, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to Parent.
1: Folks, remember, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.